This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. Scripture that was read came from 2 Kings, 2nd chapter, the 1st through the 14th verses. Now it came about when the Lord was about to bring Elijah up by a whirlwind to heaven, that Elijah left Gilgal with Elisha. And Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel went out to Elisha and said to him, Are you aware that the Lord will take away your master from you today? And he said, Yes, I'm aware. Say nothing about it. And Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Then the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho approached Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he answered, Yes, I know. Say nothing about it. And Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Now fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood opposite them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his coat, folded it, and struck the waters, and they were divided here and there, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask me what I should do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. And as they were walking along and talking, behold, a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire, and they separated the two of them. Then Elijah went up by a whirlwind to heaven. And Elisha was watching it, and he was crying out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And he did not see Elijah again. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He also took up the coat of Elijah that had fallen from him, and he went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the coat of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the waters and said, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the waters, they were divided here and there, and Elisha crossed over. The theme of the First Episcopal District of the African Methodist Episcopal Church is a transitioning church. But whether it's our church, our children, or our relationships, everything in life as we know it must transition. Amen. To transition is to engage in a process or period of changing from one state or condition to another. To be clear, when we talk about transitioning, we're not talking about being in one state or being in another state. We're talking about the process of moving from one state to another. In other words, the in-between state. This in-between state or transition can be smooth or easy in some cases, but in other cases, it can be rough and quite difficult. An example of this rough and difficult in-between state is what we saw when the Trump supporters stormed the Capitol on January 6th in their attempt to interfere or interrupt the peaceful transition of power from one administration to the other. But, but, but despite their attempt 
to disrupt the process, in the end, there was a transfer of power, albeit rough and difficult and definitely not peaceful. So transitions can be difficult. And as we honor and celebrate our graduates today, I want to talk about the process of transitions. And I want to show that there are three very important things that we need to be aware of as we move through this in-between state. And I've chosen to talk about this in a message I've titled, quite simply, Crossing Over. Crossing Over. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of preaching. We thank you, Lord, that your people have come to hear you, not me. And so as they are experiencing their own transitions in their own lives, may it be, Lord, that they understand that they will make it to the other side. Bless us now, Lord, and this time as we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Transitioning is a period of time when things as we once knew and understand them would cross a threshold and become something that we had not known before. Mm -hmm. It is a point where things will or may never be the same again. Throughout our lives, we've had to deal with different times of transitions. We've had to deal with transition when we move from adolescence into adulthood and maturing even into our geriatric years. We, we experience transition when we graduate from one grade level to another, when we change employment, whether provoked or unprovoked, when we are promoted in rank and responsibility, when we enter into new relationships, and more often than we would like, when we've lost a loved one. And whether we choose to accept these transitions or not, it doesn't change the fact that they will come and you will change. Yes, it is precisely why Solomon remarked, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. Yes, and while there is a time for everything under the sun, what I don't want you to miss is that there is something that happens in between these times. There is a time to be born and there is a time to die, but the transition in between, in between the two is life. There is a time to plant and a time to uproot, but the transition in between the two is growth. So something happens in between what was and what will be. You get the picture. And so in this transition period, this in-between time, you have to develop a kind of discernment that allows you to not only know that a transition is happening, but that you must also be prepared for it. For if you're not prepared for life's transitions when they come, then you may miss out on the opportunities that are there before you. Are you with me, church? In our text, Elijah had a disciple by the name of Elisha. They met when Elisha was willing to let go of his occupation, his family, and the life that he had built thus far and follow after a man that we know to be a great prophet who was offering Elisha the opportunity for mentorship. Elisha, we are told, ended up killing his oxen, all of his oxen, destroying even the yoke, and then giving all of the proceeds and the money to the people in his neighborhood to then go and follow Elijah wherever Elijah went. 
Now, as the prophet Elijah and his successor, Elisha, set out now on their final journey together, Elijah makes three attempts to persuade Elisha to leave him. He made the first at Gilgal, the second at Bethel, and the third attempt at Jericho. In all three attempts, Elisha refused to abandon Elijah, each time swearing an oath to that effect, which brings me to my first point about transitions. Whenever we are going through a transition, every transition begins with a test. Every transition begins with a test. In our reading of the story, it seemed that Elijah was intentionally trying to leave his young disciple behind. At each village, Elijah would say to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has sent me on to the next village. And each time Elisha would say, as the Lord lives and so as you yourself live, I will not leave you. Three times Elisha followed his mentor anyway. But if you were to look on an ancient map, their travel plans makes almost no sense. Elijah and Elisha started at Gilgal, right, which was in the east. They head to Bethel to the northwest, right? This is the east. They head to Bethel in the northwest. Then they go back east to Jericho, and then they end up at the Jordan, nearly where they began in the first place. They actually end up virtually where they had begun. This is why I know it had been a test, for their journey had no real sense of purpose. So the question becomes, what was Elijah testing Elisha for? What was it that Elijah was looking for in his young disciple? The simple answer, of course, could be loyalty. But I don't believe that to be the real case because, as I told you before, Elisha had already shown a high level of commitment and loyalty when he left everything behind to follow Elijah. My personal belief is that Elijah was preparing Elisha for a transition. Whether Elisha was loyal or not did not matter because Elijah was going to be leaving soon anyway. But what Elijah was doing was getting Elisha thinking about what it would mean to be without him, but also testing to see if Elisha thought he was ready. <laughs> every time, hear me church, every time that Elijah said, stay here, it was an opportunity for Elisha to think that he was ready to venture out on his own. But he chose each time to say, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. It was a declaration of fidelity to the cause, but also an acknowledgement that he would not leave until he was ready. Elisha kept following and passed the test by staying with Elijah to make sure that when the time of transition came, he would be ready. So you two, my graduates, here is what it means for you. You're on the verge of transitioning from high school to college, and, and some of you may be thinking that you're ready to tackle all of the pressure and the problems that will be thrown at you. You may be thinking in the back of your mind that I just can't wait to get out from under mom and dad. I got this. I know what I'm doing. But lest you get too far ahead of yourselves, do not start to leave out without making sure that you have everything you need. Yes, you see, and I'm not simply talking about food and shelter. I'm talking about your spirit. 
You've got to be in the right mindset and the right spirit to actually go out and do what you've never done before. Many of us tend to think that we are ready, but we're really not ready. So we say, wait a second, let's just take care of a few things before you pack up and go. Now, nah, I'm ready now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Now, nah, I can do this now. Wait a second, the last thing you want is to walk away from Elijah when it's not time for the transition just yet. Amen. So every transition begins with the test of your spirit. Are you really now in the right mindset to go? Secondly, every transition has witnesses. Let's look at the text carefully again at verse 2 and see what happened at Bethel. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here please for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then, here it is, the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel, church people, went out to Elisha and said to him, Are you aware that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he, meaning Elisha, said, Yes, I'm aware. Say nothing about it. Let's jump to verse 5 and see what happens at Jericho. Then the sons of the prophets, church people again, who were at Jericho, approached Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master over you today? And he, being Elisha, said, Yes, I know. Say nothing about it. And finally, we get to verse 7 at the Jordan River. Now, 50 men of the sons of the prophet, more church people, went and stood opposite them a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Each time Elijah told Elisha to stay because he was going to another place, Elisha refused to stay. And each time when they got to the place, there to meet Elisha was a chorus of people saying, Elisha, do you know that today the Lord will take your teacher away from you? And each time, with the exception of the Jordan River, Elisha would say, yes, I know, keep silent. At every turn, Elisha not only stays with his teacher, but has to be reminded every single time that the story ends with his beloved teacher gone. During times of transitions, particularly when a loved one is dying, the constant reminders from people can be frustrating. The sense here in the text is that while everyone may have good intentions for reminding you that your loved one is passing, it doesn't change the fact that it doesn't make it any easier for them to go. Elisha, Elisha, do you know that today the Lord will take your teacher from you? It is a euphemism for saying, do you know that your grandmother's not going to make it? It's a euphemism for saying, do you know that he or she is not coming back? Or how about, do you know that you were the last one hired, so you'll be the first one fired? Uh, uh, do you know that college life is going to be hard, especially being away from your parents and family? Uh, uh, do you know that life as you know it will never be the same? Do you know that you will be alone? Do you know, do you know, do you know people who all mean well, but who can be utterly insensitive to the fact that they are not helping? At times of transition, there will always be people around you who seem to be very good at stating the obvious. As if you yourself are not already dealing with the prospect that your life is about to change drastically and forever. I'm talking to my graduates. This is frightening to say the least. But I love the courage and the resolve of Elisha to say to them, yes, I know. Keep silent. In other words, shut up. <laughs> Young graduates and even people dealing with major life changes. 
when the transitions come, know that there will always be people who have something to say. But remember this. If you are at the brink of a transition, then you were prepared for it or God would not have brought you to it. You have everything you need and you do not need anyone to make you feel as if you are unprepared. Move forward with confidence and let everyone see the salvation of the Lord. And finally, every transition serves a divine purpose. Every transition serves a divine purpose. This takes us to the latter part of the text, beginning at verse 7. Now, 50 men of the sons of the prophets stood opposite them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his coat, folded it, and struck the waters. And they were divided here and there, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask me what I should do for you before I'm taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He said, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. And as they were walking along and talking, behold, a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire. And they separated the two of them. Then Elijah went up in a whirlwind to heaven. And Elisha was watching and, and crying out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And he did not see Elijah again. So the scene here is that Elijah and Elisha were standing on the edge of the Jordan River. They have 50 men watching from afar at a distance. Then Elijah takes off his coat. He folds it, strikes the water of the Jordan. It parts in two and the two of them cross over on dry ground. It was only after they had crossed over on dry ground that Elijah now asks Elisha, what do you want me to do for you? Keep in the back of our minds, church, that Elijah did not ask this question when they were at Gilgal and Elisha chose to follow and not stay. Elijah did not ask this question when they were at Bethel and Elisha chose to follow and not stay. Elijah did not ask this question when they were at Jericho and Elisha chose to follow and not stay. It was not until after they had crossed over the Jordan that Elijah recognized Elisha was committed to the mission and would not let him go. Elisha was faithful even with all the naysayers who were even watching from a distance to see what would happen. But I want you to understand something very subtle in the text. Elisha knew that Elijah was going to die. And he thought that this was the moment and he was ready to die with him. By crossing over the Jordan, Elisha anticipated not making it to the other side, but he was ready to go anyway. Stay there with me, church, but there is more. So after they had crossed over and Elijah sees Elisha's commitment, Elijah says to Elisha, ask me what I should do for you before I'm taken. And Elisha said, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be for you, so for you. But if not, it shall not be. Elisha asked Elijah for something that was not Elijah's to give. But the request tells us something very important about Elisha. 
And this is where I want everyone's attention. Elisha did not stay at Gilgal or Bethel or Jericho when Elijah asked him to do so. Elisha told the people at Bethel and Jericho to be quiet when they told him that his master would be taken. Elisha crossed the Jordan with Elijah thinking this would be the end for the both of them. All of these instances points to the idea that Elisha hmm, suffered from separation anxiety and could not let Elijah go. In addition, in addition, to ask for a double portion of Elijah's spirit is not a request to do more or to be better than Elijah, but instead to acknowledge his own insecurity and fear that what he may bring as Elijah's apprentice may not be adequate. Elisha is thinking that perhaps he's not up to the task and may not be all that people think that he is. This is why Elijah said to him, since you are so afraid to let me go and because you think you need more than what you already have, then if you see me go, if you see me when I am taken, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. So, church, stay with me as they are now walking and talking and talking and walking. The text tells us that a chariot of fire appeared and separated the two of them. Listen to me, young people. Then Elijah went up in a whirlwind and Elisha shouted to him across the separation, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And Elijah was seen no more. To be very honest, I don't understand the whirlwind or the chariots or the parting of the Jordan, but I know it's true. And I also know that not everything that is real can be explained, but what I do know is that awe and wonder is a faithful response to the presence of God and that it took, hear me church, a divine act of God to separate Elijah from Elisha. It took a divine act of God to separate Elisha from Elijah. Sometimes when your purpose in life is so great and powerful, God himself will intervene when you have a hard time letting go. Graduates, I know that separation anxiety is real and that the prospect of leaving what you have known all your lives to venture into a future that is unknown can be scary, but you can do this. We had to do it as well. Some of you may be feeling like you're going to be surrounded by people who are so much smarter than you or better than you, so you might have a hard time fitting in, but they are the ones, hear me church, that will be trying to fit in with you. You may even be thinking that you won't make any friends and people will see you as an outsider and you may be thinking this is all a mistake but it's not a mistake because you have what the world needs in fact Jesus himself felt this way in the garden of Gethsemane when he too had to face his own transition which was the cross Elisha felt the way you may be feeling right now but God had to help him with his transition because he had a divine purpose and a divine job to do. And if God helped Elisha with his transition, then God will help you too. But here's my favorite part in the text, and I'll get ready to close. 
after Elijah was taken up by the whirlwind, the Bible says, then he, meaning Elisha, took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He also took up the coat of Elijah that had fallen from him and he went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the coat of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the waters and said, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the waters, they were divided here and there. And Elisha crossed over. Brothers and sisters. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting this. Brothers and sisters. Elisha tore his own clothes, tearing them to pieces. Meaning he was ready for the separation. He took the coat of Elijah that had fallen. Meaning he was embracing now the transition. He went, watch this, watch this. He went back to the bank of the Jordan where he faced his own fear. He took Elijah's coat, meaning he was now assuming the responsibility. And he struck the waters, meaning he took action and he transitioned. But then look what he said. Yeah. Elijah said, where is the Lord the God of Elijah that's a prayer for every graduate when you come to the Jordan that you know might be a problem for you and you're getting ready to cross over call on the God of Elijah See, <laughs> church young people all of what we've been sowing into you as you were growing up in this church was preparing you for this moment. We knew you couldn't let us go. We knew you don't want to let us go. But what we're telling you is that you have our blessing to go. And you've got the same God. Listen, Elisha recognized that the God of Elijah was now the God of Elisha. And he had the confidence to cross over and transition. This is your story now the God of your ancestors, the God of your parents, the God of your pastor, the God of your church is also the God of you. So cross over boldly, boldly transition. Take the next step in faith and watch God part rivers and seas that come before you. Elisha stayed the course and received his divine blessing and, 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 and Jesus stayed the course to make it possible for you and I to receive our blessing the gift of salvation so fear not graduates fear not post graduates fear not he will never leave you and he will never forsake you so boldly cross over into your destiny all of the graduates all seven of you and the two that have already graduated who are transitioning somewhere else hear me clearly receive today today a double portion of our spirit and cross over to the other side may the Lord 
richly, richly bless you, my beloved.